Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the PowerCat Postgame Podcast. Tim Fitzgerald and Ryan Gilbert, the two of the guys that got left behind. Zach Carlson and Cole Carmody are down in Stillwater with the full coverage. They are working as we're recording, so this is efficient. Plus, this isn't going to be real long. Kansas State loses. Yes, loses at Oklahoma State 29-21. Chris Kleiman remains winless at Boone Pickens Stadium. K-State drops to 3-2, and 1-1 one and one in the conference. Oklahoma State's records now match that after two dreadful performances by the Pokes against South Alabama and Iowa State. Both teams took a week off, and Oklahoma State got a lot better, and by appearances, K-State stunk, absolutely stunk, coming off another bye week. And I'm going to say it, Ryan Gilbert, whatever Chris Kleiman's doing with his bye weeks, don't do that anymore. K-State is now 1-4 after climbing bye weeks, setting aside the pandemic season when everything was out of whack. Unbelievable. A horrible performance, Ryan Gilbert, from the very start of this game. We saw Chris Kleiman do his thing by taking the opening kickoff. They'd scored touchdowns every time this season when they've got the ball the first time. This time they went three and out, and Oklahoma State went on a 15-play drive. And really, that defined the game. Yeah, and K-State lost this game, believe it or not, Fitz, by one possession. And so at the very end, K-State had multiple chances to go down and, and score. Obviously couldn't connect, but it doesn't feel like that, right? No. It feels like K-State lost this game by 40, and for them to lose it by just eight is it's crazy. Well, I'll say this. So if K-State had found a way to get that game tied and won it in overtime, it would have been awful for Oklahoma State because that was the better team. Yeah. For almost the entire game. They gave up the long Will Howard run. They gave up a few plays here and there. But overall, K-State stunk. Will Howard wasn't good. The receivers weren't good. The running game was mundane. The defense gave up a lot of slants and easy passes to Alan Bowman, who has stunk this season, and he unstunk in this game. They got their running game going in a way that nobody else has against this defense. And special teams, while it did block a field goal attempt that allowed them to kind of stay in the game. It also uh, just didn't do anything else. They've gotten so bad, they're fair catching kickoffs not in the end zone. That's how bad special teams are. It's like they've just said, we stink, we're not going to do it. We're not playing anymore on special teams. They had a chance to kick a field goal and an extra point and went for it on both of those. And I just kind of wonder if there isn't flagging confidence in the kicking game. Special teams, you. Yeah. What happened to that, man? Um, I will say with as far as going for it, being aggressive on those plays, was it because of the kicking? Maybe, maybe not. I'm sure analytics <clears throat> excuse me, probably has some something to do with that for Kleiman. But I respect his willingness to be aggressive and stay consistent with that. In the third quarter when there was the botch snap that went behind Will Howard's head, and that was the first sort of domino that went on the, the aggressive train, right? And ever since then, Kleiman went for it. He went for two. He went for it on fourth down every single opportunity he got. And so it was good to see him stay consistent with his with his ideologies, right? You're going to go for it once. You're going to do that again over and over and hope it pays off. I would have been you know, very frustrated if K-State punted on a fourth down later on. 
Well, I didn't think they should punt later on, but that when they went for it deep in their own territory. Yeah, well, even 10 minutes left, uh, you know, down by two scores. Yeah. I can see both sides. At least he said stayed true to his his yeah, ideas. Yeah, he gets aggressive sometimes overly when he gets behind. We saw it at the Sugar Bowl, mm-hmm. and um, then we saw it again here. He takes a lot of chances, at chances that haven't paid off. Look, as you pointed out, he's not used to playing from, from behind. behind. He just hasn't done a ton of it in his career, and he looks like a coach that doesn't quite know how to manage a game from behind. Um, you'd hope that's something that gets corrected. But I'll, I'll say this. They, they are plugged into analytics. They really are. So some of these decisions he's making, as an old-school football guy that I am, I may not agree with. But analytics say the chances are better if you do this. Look. You and I both play blackjack. We know the rules of blackjack. When you hit, when you stand, you know, when you split, we know the rules. If you get outside of those rules, your chances of winning money goes down. And maybe that's what they're doing with analytics. The analytics say do this. But if you're going to follow the analytics, as someone was DMing me uh, throughout the game, you should be deferring on the opening kickoff if you really, truly yep. believe in analytics. If you win the toss, you defer with the hopes that you are the ones with the 4-over-4 four four chance of scoring to close the first half and opening the second half with the ball. I'm sure that's technically analytics, but it's just basic math. There's nothing scientific or deep about that. You get an X possession if it works out. Yeah. It, if you get someone with back-to-back possessions, you're at a huge advantage, particularly if you already were leading. Look, this game was uh, um, a mess. I, I don't know what it was, Ryan. I, don't, I have no idea why K-State looked disinterested in this game, but um, I, I hope the questions were asked at postgame. We haven't received the the transcript of the postgame uh, press conference. We, you know, Of course, we listen to the radio like everyone else, and we'll, we'll have that later. But... Um, I hope some tough questions were asked about why wasn't this team better mentally or physically prepared? I'm sure our guys are doing a great job, right? Yeah. But there's something to this whole thing after a curse climbing bye week. It's not a fluke anymore. This is becoming a trend. And I don't know how many days they practice with pads throughout the last couple of weeks, but you would have to assume that's probably a low number. They don't seem like they were prepared tonight. No, they didn't. And it's, uh, and that goes for players, coaches, effort all everything wasn't good and people want to blame will howard i'm sure we'll talk about that but this loss was not on will howard he was bad but it was not on him yeah he contributed to it no doubt about it um as i mentioned in my walk and talk there was a mysterious uh pass to philip brooks where either brooks ran the wrong pattern or will threw the wrong pattern i mean it was he didn't just miss him by three feet it was he was expecting him to finish out his route and you know, it's kind of the same pass that we saw him throw. I think it was at Missouri with Treshawn Ward. Uh, just kind of stopped and Will threw it as if he was going to yeah. continue that route. So there's something wrong on that pattern. Yeah. Uh, and he forced the ball towards the end of the game and got another pick. Three and all for Will Howard. Just a really dreadful night uh, for Will Howard in, in everything but that 70-yard run. I mean, it just was not a good night at uh for Will Howard, I'm trying to find the stats here. He was, you ready for this? Oh, this is just unbelievable. 15 of 34, 152 yards, one TD, three interceptions. He did run 10 times for 104, but, you know, 74 were, or 70 were on yeah. that one run. If you take away the three interceptions, you can make it look okay. 
if K-State were to have won this game. But yeah. the interceptions happened. Yeah, the interceptions happened. They gave um, enough extra possessions to Oklahoma State to make it really difficult on Kansas State. Um, but with that said, the, the K-State defense giving up more than 400 yards in this contest and, and getting someone run running through them throughout the game for the first time. It's yeah. been passing that's given them the troubles. And um, I'll say this, they were really good in the red zone. They yeah. forced six Oklahoma State field goals. As we mentioned, special teams blocked one. There were five that went through the uprights and two touchdowns for the odd 29 points. I'm not surprised by Oklahoma State's 29 points. I'm not. What I'm surprised by is the ineffectiveness of Kansas State to score more than three touchdowns. You know, like I said, they probably should have had like 25, 24 points. My dogs are really not very happy right now. They're unhappy with the loss. I know. So the K-State defense stood up, you know, when it absolutely had to and protected the end zone, forced those field goals, gave the offense a chance. But boy, Ryan Gilbert, they had two possessions towards the end of the game where they, they fully had opportunities to move down the field and score. And they, again, just looked imprecise and lacked passion. It just didn't seem to be anything sharp about this performance at all. I don't think Will Howard was on the same page as his teammates, right? And you talked about the interception to Brooks. People like people that are calling for Avery Johnson, those miscommunications, quarterback not being on the same page as his wideouts, that's going to happen five times more. If Johnson's in there. So fixing, you know, putting in Johnson's not going to fix that. But, yeah, I, I think the way that the first, what, 45, 50 minutes of the game played out did not help K-State at all to to go down and, and score a game-winning drive. If this was 55 to 48 in a shootout, absolutely K-State would have had the, the confidence to score. But Howard's in his own head right now. And those those turnovers are frustrating and – He's not playing the way he was last year. No. No, he's not. As I mentioned in the walk and talk, I'm stealing from myself. I, I didn't Plagiarism. want Avery Johnson to come into the game on, you know, for just take over. I didn't want to pull Will Howard. But I did think with the quarterback run working, they should have let him come in and do exactly what he did at Missouri and try to run the ball. Yes. At this point, I, I guess it's be very clear that they've decided they want to try to redshirt him. But you can't go the whole season with Will Howard if if you don't want to play Jake Rubley. I, I don't I, I don't quite understand at this point what the thing is with Avery. If he can help you win a game, no, you play him. You know, Chris Kleiman himself said we don't know what happens down the road. Maybe someone gets injured, and we're glad he has that red shirt available. And quarterbacks get injured. Just play the kid. Yeah. Maybe he's regressed in practice. Again, folks, we don't see practice. We don't see what's going on. Maybe Avery just isn't ready. Maybe Avery's banged up for practice. I don't know. But injuries are catching up to this team, and that's a topic we'll talk about right after this break on the Powercat Postgame Podcast, a very short one because you only want to hear so much. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Welcome back to the Power Cat Postgame Podcast. Kansas State loses at Oklahoma State on Friday night, 29-21, as Oklahoma State took control of this game early and never relented as K-State played, well, pretty shabby throughout the course of this game. They weren't good on offense. They weren't good on defense. They didn't make enough special teams play. One blocked field goal seemed great, but they didn't do a darn thing with it. Tim Fitzgerald and Ryan Gilbert here in the Cats and Dogs studio right here in Manhattan, Kansas, as Cole and Zach are down there in Stillwater in postgame, I assume, as we speak. Ryan Gilbert, injuries, injuries, injuries. They came into this game Fairly clean. They have two linebackers out. Of course, Daniel Green, which has been an ongoing problem. This defense isn't as good without him in the middle, period. Austin Romaine filling in as a true freshman. Played well. Played okay. <clears throat> Nothing really stands out about him doing much wrong, but the defense just doesn't seem as efficient. Maybe they're not getting lined up because that was a big part of Daniel's uh, job on the field as middle linebacker. Then they lost Asa Newsom. We lose him off special teams. They lose him off being a backup linebacker. They just lost him for the season with a knee injury from what we hear. But other than that, they were pretty healthy. They got their receivers back, although Keegan Johnson still plays like he's not fully involved in this game. I think he had one catch in this game. Um, and it just uh, – it. Two catches, excuse me, for 31 yards. Um, he just isn't fully involved. In fact, uh, Phillip Brooks had three catches. This is unbelievable. Johnson, two. Jaden Jackson, one. R.J. Garcia, one. They had seven catches from receivers, four from tight end Benson, four from D.J. Giddens. But Real the quick, in- did you mention uh, Jacob Parrish? That's where I'm going. But okay, the injuries sorry. really bit on the other side of the sure. field where um, Jacob Parrish went down in practice. Chris Kleiman's a little vague on on what uh, they th- think it is. They hope to get him back for Tech. And then Will Lee, the other starting corner, went down in the game. I'm thinking concussion. Um, Coach Kleiman knew what it was, but he didn't really want to comment on yeah. it when he spoke on the radio. Um, so that might put him in jeopardy, depending on how he proceeds through the concussion protocol. But a lot of guys in the back end of the defense who haven't seen some action. They shuffled in some guys. They did adequately well. Marquis Siegel, who's been that free safety, moved to corner with those injuries, which is his more natural position. I think we might see him stay there because he has struggled at free safety. They brought in a couple other guys back there. We'll just see how it shakes out. But injuries just seem to attack at positions. They got linebacker before the game and now coming out of the game. They got problems at cornerback. They got to get healthy. This is just one of eight in a row, Ryan Gilbert. One of eight in a row, and they're already down a couple guys. You would hope this wouldn't be the case because of the the bye week being early, right? This is supposed to be your healthiest point of the season. And obviously Ward came back, and people are getting healthier, but also the other end of the spectrum is true. But – I think the one that really hurts, though, is Parrish. And just because it was a matter of days, right, that K-State had to formulate a game plan without him. You know, you've 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 learned to 
to play now on defense without Daniel Green, right? You'll, the offensive line on the other end of the football, right? They've kind of learned to play without Duffy. Now he's back. That's great. But it was a struggle at first. But this one that came out of nowhere, it really was tough. And I think Will Lee was fine filling in. You know, Siegel was fine. But it, it just you could tell something was off, right? Yep. Just weren't in sync the entire game. This will shelve talk of Kansas State getting to the Big 12 title game for the short term. they got a lot of work to do. They have to rattle off these next three games. We thought they would win four in a row, and maybe they thought the same thing. They did not get that done with this game. And Stillwater, they will go to Texas in about three, four more weeks. And now... They pretty much have to win that game because I don't see Texas losing games. Even if they lose that Red River rivalry, if they beat Kansas State, they're still in control, and they would essentially have to lose three games at that point to be under K-State in the standings. Uh, I think you still probably want Texas to beat Oklahoma, but boy, I don't know who else is going to beat Oklahoma uh, if you do lose to Texas. It's a mess for Kansas State. They just need to reorganize and and get folks back on that that next game at Texas Tech. And, of course, uh, Texas Tech uh, plays on Saturday along with most everyone else in the Big 12. Uh, But overall, I'm not going to overreact to this. I think they played a crappy game and they lost. I didn't think they played crappy at Missouri. They just played less than optimal they could have won that game easily they have left two wins on the field this season Mm -hmm. and you know what that's what teams that aren't great do if they're just good they're going to win most of their games but they're going to blow some opportunities i think this team's got some struggles now that are beginning to show up and um credit mike gundy's a great football coach he's got a great staff they exposed some serious flaws in this k-state team yeah and that's maybe what's most concerning is that stuff is now on tape for other Big 12 teams to to look at. And you look at the Big 12 as a whole. We've talked about K-State going into the Big 12 championship game. Well, those conversations here at Go Power Cat are going to be silenced for a few more weeks and, unless something gets turned around. But, <clears throat> excuse me, I, Fitz, your dogs give me allergies down I know. here. I swear. But, I know. Um, It's obviously you can turn the season around because of how weak the Big 12 is. Like Oklahoma State could be a top half team by season's end, could be at the bottom of the standings. Who knows? But it's a long season. But for now, those conversations of of Big 12 championship need to go away, right? Yeah. I mean, but at the same time, you don't want to have too much of an overreaction. You know, last time this team took the field, DJ Giddens put up 1,000 yards and K-State. 1,000? Yeah, it was like 2,000. but 2,000? Okay. In, in case they had a comfortable victory, right? right? Right, So you can't push the panic button. You know, would you rather have a quarterback that's won a Big 12 title or a true freshman? Like, come on, guys. You, you cannot be – you can't be calling for Will Howard to get benched. You just can't. It's, it's silly. It's silly. It really is silly. You don't know – like I mentioned earlier, the pass to Phillip Brooks. You're going to see way more of those with a true freshman who's not getting those number one reps in practice. Mm-mm-mm. Kansas State heads to Lubbock on next Saturday. I, I don't know what their schedule is, what days off they're going to get this week with the extra day of preparation. Oh, yeah, that changes uh, things. Yeah. Uh, but, For good or bad, because yeah. climbing with longer weeks hasn't been good. I agree. 6 p.m. kick down in Lubbock, Kansas State and the Red Raiders. Do we have anything else we need to talk about? I'm serious. What does anyone is anyone listening at this point after that stinky, stinky performance by Kansas State? 
I would say just flush this one, right? And Kleiman, I'm sure, is going to say the exact same things in his post game. Just flush it and hope that this was a fluky loss and you can be okay and bounce back. I will be interested to hear how this team responds. If they come back to practice on Sunday or Monday, whenever it is, and they're pissed off and they know what they did and they have correctable issues, are these issues correctable? Or has Oklahoma State exposed some things just like K-State did to them last year, I believe? We'll find out. A lot more football to be played. Coaching's going to have to step in for K-State, especially with the injuries. This is where Chris Kleiman and his staff gain the edge on opponents. Well, we would hope so. We you, would hope. It has to happen. But it has to it happen. They have to steady the wheel and get the team going on a straight north through Lubbock, which is south of here. It's kind of a messing up my metaphor. Then back home. Are we still going to that now, or are we just going to ditch the trip? I don't. I think you game. still have to go. Ah, okay. I think it's important <laughs> for you to see the beautiful – beautiful west texas landscape never been no no it's like visiting an island with no water just sand (laughs) that's it for this power cap post game podcast i'll have a daily delivery tomorrow i got my walk and talk we'll have full coverage at go power cat over the weekend whatever you can tolerate to read and then we too like you need to shift gears and look ahead to lubbock Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts.